Welcome back, listeners, to episode nine of Everywhere We Go. I'm your host, Will Casales, and this week we'll be talking you through all the fixtures this week in your FPL draft matchup. Today, I am joined by the one and only Henry John. Hello, Will. How are you, Henry? Really good, mate. Off the back of four losses in a row, yeah. I finally picked up a dub. And mm-hmm. I think the title charge is back on, mate. That's that expert wisdom coming in there after yeah, those four yeah, losses. Yeah. I'm playing the long game. Uh, I'm also here with the one and only Charles Orchard. Good evening, Will. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate, yeah. Hmm? How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. I've been a bit ill recently, actually, which has been a bit annoying. But I'm, I'm ready for the Premier League to return. Did everyone enjoy the uh, international break? I really enjoyed it, to be fair, Will. Not going to lie. I mean, I think I speak on behalf of Charles here. Having Chelsea not play on the weekends <laughs> and disappoint your weekends has been quite blessed. Yeah. Really. I've been enjoying my weekends. I've even got to see a few Chelsea boys score in midweek yeah. as well. It was actually quite a refreshing fortnight, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but without further ado, guys, should we dive right in? We've got some big games coming up this week. We've also got some bad games coming up this week. <laughs> uh, but let's go, guys, to Arsenal against Spurs. Will, resident Arsenal fan. Hello. North London derby, first of the season, 12.30 kickoff I after know. an international break. How are we feeling? Um, confident and nervous at the same time. Um, I think with this game in general, two teams with polarising approaches to the game. Uh, Arsenal looking dominate possession and attack, whereas Spurs uh, this season, whilst looking quite iffy, have still got the job done in most occasions. No? Yeah, no, no. I could, you've hit the nail on the head there. Like, I don't think they've played particularly well at all all season, but as as is such with Conte's teams, they just get the result. Yeah, I'm a bit worried considering the United game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm seeing how this is going to go. I mean, Spurs, I think, will adopt a similar tactic. Hit them on the counter. Yeah, yeah. it'll be a similar approach. I remember Dan saying on a previous pod that Spurs haven't been playing well and they're eventually going to come unstuck, and that's what happened against Sporting. I think this might be a similar story, to be honest. Really? Uh, yeah, Arsenal would just look... They, they just look imperious at the moment. That front four of Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard. Saka was kind of like, you know, the sort of like outlined one for the first few fixtures, but he's really come into his own in recent weeks. I think this is an Arsenal win. I just think your midfield dominates them as well. And that is the key battle area. Defences are pretty much the same for me. Your uh, Spurs attack pretty, probably a bit better than yours, but yeah. your midfield dominates them. And I think you'll be all over them all game. Uh, the one thing to look out for for your Arsenal players, obviously um, Smithrow and Elneny are out for an extended time period. However, uh, Tierney, Party, um, Zinchenko, Cedric and potentially Tomiyasu are a doubt. Do you know what I will say about Arsenal though? And I hate to admit it because I hate giving them credit, but there have been occasions where you have had players missing. So for example, you go to Brentford a couple of weeks ago, really tricky place to go and you don't have Sinchenko and you didn't have Odegaard and people are saying, oh, they're going to struggle. Well, that's been the narrative with Arsenal. They're strong. But once you get a couple of injuries, yeah. they'll falter. And you still put in a flawless performance and now you're in that territory of saying, well, if you have, you know, four or five players out, then you might struggle. But you can say that for any team. No, yeah, you're right there. And um, that's why I am confident going into this game. I, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. This game, I will say, definitely will not be a nil-nil draw. I mean, there's been definitely. one at the Emirates since uh, 98. Um, so, I mean, for both defenders on either side, you're not really going to be looking for much. Will, what I want to know is, I'm seventh in the league. Right. Do I pick up Fabio Vieira? I don't think so. I mean, obviously a great performance against Brentford. Um, one that you don't normally see happen for a debutante away in the Premier League. Uh, but Odegaard's, Odegaard's the club captain. 
he's going to start every game uh, that he's going that he's fit, and I just don't see. Him. I think the only way Vieira gets into that team of all of that front four fit is if one of the aforementioned centre midfielders who also who always seem to have some kind of injury niggle, like Party, Xhaka, whoever, drop out, and Odegaard drops into that number six position. Yeah, I think um, potential pickups for this game. Granit Xhaka has been playing very well this season. He's get, been getting very well forward. Um, got the assist against Brentford, obviously. Um, I am prepared to eat my words uh, for Granit Xhaka. I mean, being a big critic of his in the past. Um, I do think he could be a good option for a fifth midfielder. Also for Spurs, um, Lengley and Sessegnon started the last game. I think that was because they played Champions League midweek. Ah, so fair. I think Perisic is definitely going to start this game. Yeah. Big North London derby. What, what a performance for Son last game, Henry. The revival of Son, mate. A hat-trick in 12 minutes. Like, unseen. <laughs> unheard of. Danny He's, Ward. Yeah. <laughs> Terrified oh, of the you ball. You just fear for him. Us being Welsh fans. <laughs> us being Welsh fans, we're like, he's not a bad keeper. <laughs> and he gets unleashed on the Premier League. <laughs> like, he, he sees Son coming on. He's like, oh, no. Brendan, take me off. Yeah. But, um, but no... <laughs> I mean, if I could score a hat trick against Danny Ward, to be fair, but um, no, hopefully Son kicks into gear now and uh, really starts his great form they had last year. I think the main talking point from this is which one of that Spurs front three drops out. Kulisevsky so, for me. Yeah, he's, he's had one goal and one assist this season. Ma- Richarlison, so- Richarlison's had four goals in his last six games for Brazil. He scored two uh, in the international break for Brazil. I yeah. think he comes in. It's strange because Kulisevsky started the season so, so well. well. And Dan, he and, and Dan even went for that <laughs> trade where he gave me Jesus in return for Kulisevsky, pretty much. And then there was Jota for Exxon Maybe as Conte well. goes with Kulisevsky here because of his defending aspect and tracking. Do you not back. think Richarlison is a more tenacious defender? No, no. In terms of pressing, not. in terms of no, I don't think you can rely on him to track back. I think he starts Kulisevsky this game. Richarlison impacts sub, and then from here on in, from this game onwards, rather. Interesting. Keep tabs on that front three. Obviously, he's going to affect lots of draft teams. Uh, but let's move on, guys, to another derby, uh, which perhaps should have kicked off the show, to be honest. It's the Manchester derby. Charles. Yes, sir. The Manchester derby coming up. Yeah, huge game. 2pm on a Sunday, which I found surprising. Oh, surely, wow. it's, 4:30. surely it's the 4.30 slot. What's 4.30? Leeds Villa. Oh my God. <laughs> it says a lot. Moving uh, on. But moving back to the uh, interesting game, Charles. Moving on to Fulham Newcastle. <laughs> uh, no, a lot of talking points here. I mean, look, everyone looks at these kinds of fixtures, City United, and thinks it's a City walkover. But United have won four of their last six games at the Etihad in all competitions. Yeah. It's, a, it's a stadium they always tend to do quite well at, particularly when they've got a new manager at the helm, I always find. Yeah. And you've got, you know, the likes of Rashford who... You know, similar to other years when he's kind of been phased out of the team, he'll just start and he'll just run in behind that line and pick up goals. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, the talking points here, firstly, the United left-back debate. Shaw had a great game against Germany. Yeah, but come but on. But Malassi has been flawless since he's yeah. come into the size. Would you continue to go for him? Definitely. I mean, it's worked with Ten Hag on their run that they've had four or five wins in a row, no? Mm. So, I mean, Ten Hag is definitely still going to go with Malassia. Yeah. Talking about... um. City, though, they've got defensive injuries. They, they've low-key got zero defenders. <laughs> Stones limps off against Germany. So that's going to mean another start for Akanji, who looks pretty good since he's come in. Yeah. Laporte, is he not coming back soon? No, no Laporte's 50% re- <laughs> likely to return this week. I know because I did the trade with Stefan. Yeah. That I no, whatever happens, it's going to be quite a, quite a rotated City back line, which has been a common feature of a lot of their games this year. Yeah. Uh, they're usually pretty good with adapting to it, but... 
maybe Ten Hag has something up his sleeve. Don't think Akanji's been tested yet either. Played Wolves away, like not not that big of a game. No. Against Rashi, mate. Get him running at mm. you. <laughs> God. He'd be changing um, his pants at half time. Um, tough game for Maguire for England. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I actually thought he played well up until then. And then, but, you know, when you're that kind of low on confidence and your domestic form's been that poor for such an extended period of time, then those kinds of mistakes do happen. So, And I think that's the first time he's let Southgate down. I, I don't want to be disparaging at all. However, that challenge reminded me of something that you see in like the C team of a football game. Uh-huh. You like, would know about that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like one person like runs into another person, yeah. nutmegs them, and then the other guy just sort of yeah. like yeah. shins him. <laughs> Straight away though, I saw it. I was like, Pen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm like six miles away and I saw it. <laughs> that's a ref not seen that. <laughs> But no, anyway, you would not start any United defenders for this game. No. Period. Yeah, I think I think naturally Martinez and Varane are the go-to centre backs. But you can just see Haaland targeting Martinez. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that's what his dad says about him. Like he just targets the weak defender and just plays on him for the entire game. It's going to be a complete mismatch. Yeah. The only United players you really start are Rashford, Bruno, and Anthony. Yeah, that's about it. With some confidence as well, I think. Ericsson as well. Yeah, probably yeah. on set pieces. Um, but that's about it. I mean, the City front three, I have to say, is up for debate. Haaland obviously starts. Mahrez bang out of form. Does Foden start? I, what about my man, Jack Grealish, well, as well? Foden has started all seven Premier League games this season. He's made attacking returns in four of his last six yeah, Premier League fixtures. Stuff, I think, you know, Foden's always been kind of characterised as that in-and-out City player. But despite giving a new contract to Mahrez over summer, who we'll discuss shortly... Foden seems to be the man to go to at the Morris moment. Morris had has had zero attacking returns. He started against Bournemouth, where they were four 0 up at half time. Zero goal contributions. So, I, I would say, I mean, I'm not in this position, but if you are in a position where you have four midfielders of very of great strength, and you could trade for Morris, who is at the lowest of low at right now, and you can stash him on your bench for a, a couple games or maybe even more. I think it could be a worthwhile, worthwhile tactic. I pose a question, and it's a small sample size, and I might, it might be a little bit yeah. reactionary, but I'll play devil's advocate because right. I do, I do like Mares. Is his draft value from the end of last season to this year one of the biggest drop-offs in a season, not because of an injury? It's a good question. I mean, it's a very specific a- question. <laughs> yeah, it's very specific. I think Ian. Atcher I mean, they gave him a new season, deal over summer. Mate, no, Mares was like a top two, yeah, true. second round pick. Abamyang. Uh, two yeah. three seasons ago I mean I actually remember I was first and, over. and incidentally was... incidentally it's after he signed a new deal for with Arsenal it is yeah wow. those new deals there's something in the ink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a midfielder and I picked him first overall I mean that's never going to happen again for an Arsenal player I mean maybe maybe I'm wrong but no, never and, <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and then uh, and then he went, proceeded to score five goals for me across the season yeah Bami has a good shot yeah uh, anyway moving on to Fulham against Newcastle Fulham against Newcastle, Henry. Yes, talk to me. How, how are you feeling about this game? One team bang in form, the other winless in six, Will. Um, I'm feeling quite confident if I was a Fulham fan. Yeah. I mean, three wins in their last five, unbeaten at home. Against the Newcastle side that are struggling right now. We know they perform well in the first three games of the season, but they've tailed off massively. I'm going to play, I, I really do like Eddie Howe, but again, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Was it not always the case that Howe would come in, steady the ship, make them difficult to beat, make them difficult to score against? 
But then when it came to turning them into a top eight side, learning how to kind of deal with 60 million pound transfers, he was always going to struggle. It was always going to be a shortcoming for this Newcastle side. Again, again, it's a small sample size, but is this kind of like what we always thought was going to happen in January? I'm unsure about top eight because he finished seventh with Bournemouth in one of the seasons and he took them from the fourth division. He took them from the fourth division to the first. Um, So I'm unsure about the top eight. I think you're maybe like correcting you on your question, maybe top six. Don't think he's at that level now, but with the players they've got, Wilson... Well, they're not finishing top eight this year. No, no, to be fair, they're not. But I don't know. They, they, they've they had a few injuries, Callum Wilson out injured, and they've not been as secure at the back, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, realistically, when you look at their recent draws, I mean, I mean, away to Brighton, then you get the City draw, then you draw away to, to Wolves, then there's that Liverpool game, and then you get that weird Palace draw the other week where they should have scored... And then you get the Bournemouth game last week. I just don't another think another fluke goal. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that. I know it's, it looks alarming when you look at it, but I just don't think that these games. I mean, yeah, maybe they've lacked a little bit of, of killer instinct on both ends of the pitch. It's only been in the past two game weeks when people have been like, "Oh, they haven't won in a while." Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't think their general performance has been awful. Yeah. But again, it's just like you know about taking them up to that next kind of bracket of you know yeah. West Ham, you know that that kind of caliber of teams who can challenge in the top eight. Um, yeah, it's going to be a slow process. And for Fulham, obviously, great start to the season. Yeah, Fulham, great start to the season. Uh, obviously, Mitrovic, bang in form, Will. Scored more than 50% of their Premier League goals uh, this year. I saw he picked up a slight knock. I saw that as well. International duty. I was like, oh, God, ice around his ankle. But, I mean, if he doesn't start, Fulham got no chance. So, I'm sure he'll play this weekend. Yeah. That was a thrilling win um, against Forest, wasn't it, Henry? Yeah, oh yeah, banging win for them. Um, unfortunately for them, though, Paulinia will be suspended for this game, will be back next game week. He was brilliant in that game. One thing to mention about that Forest game to take into this game week, Ollie's oddball from that week, Kenny Tete. Yeah. I mean, what a shout that was. I'd, I've no shame in saying I'd never heard of the bloke. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'd heard of him just listening to Ollie's ramble at the pub like every, every <laughs> sit, single... Just sit in a car with Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Tete, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, um, that was a great shout by him. Yeah, He's shout. third in the uh, assist league for the entire season up till now. Um, and with the games Fulham have got coming up, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home... Uh, Villa at home you can't see why he doesn't continue that form yeah interesting player to talk about as two Chelsea fans is Willian oh oh yeah and I mean Arsenal I remember fan. when oh yeah yeah and as an Arsenal fan <laughs> I mean I remember in his first game for Arsenal incidentally against Fulham away at the cottage when you won I think 3-0 yeah he was incredible and I had all these idiot Arsenal fans saying oh thanks for Willian and I was like just you wait just you wait and he tailed off. So, the, I mean, you know, maybe trade him in because he does tend to have like a kind of good spurt at the start of his career for clubs. But He'd be your fifth maybe. midfielder, definitely. Mm. Um, like you said, Will, just earlier, one name to mention, Harry Wilson, back in training. Yeah. Was a mainstay for the Fulham side in the championship last year. Got Premier League experience as well. Will be on set pieces. Um, he'll be vital to them. Um, um, but you, you mentioned Mitrovic. I mean, if he does have this injury. Is it potentially time to trade away? So Mitrovic <laughs> dip will come soon. Oli will be shaking his head listening to this podcast, I know. But it's not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, he's outperforming his XG by nearly two goals already. Wow. And Fulham are outperforming their whole team performance by four points. Like This is like not sustainable for Fulham to be keeping this up. They need more yeah. goal contributions for the rest of the team. So... Mitrovic is arguably probably top five strikers in fantasy right now 
I'd be considering trading him away for someone like Ivan Tony. Let's move on to Newcastle a bit though, Will. Isaac, lower leg injury during the international break, which will put him out for several weeks, Will. Ouch. Several weeks. I saw that on the Newcastle Chronicle (laughs) today. Uh, So you know what that means. Callum Wilson will be leaving the attack. After after, after we recommended trading him away about two weeks ago. I, I never said that. No, I know you haven't. I, Who said I'm, that? I'm the main perpetrator of oh, that. Oh, well done, mate. I kept my faith with Callum. In his three games that he played in the Prem, he had two goals, two assists. Um, just what a player. But yeah, this will be an interesting game for sure. I mean, Fulham, as you mentioned, have got um, West Ham, Bournemouth and Villa coming up. Newcastle have got Brentford, United and Everton coming up, which are big games indeed. Uh, but moving on to Liverpool against Brighton. Charles, yes, sir. Resident Liverpool fan, <laughs> <laughs> resident uh, Brighton fan. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. How, how, how do you think this game's going to go? I think it'll be an easy Liverpool win. Really? Th- yeah, yeah, I do. I think um, Brighton have lost a big member of their side in Graham Potter, obviously. Yeah. Um, what was key to a lot of their games was Potter's in-game management, the way they would always like switch formations and everything. They've kind of lost that now. Uh, do they have a new manager bounce p- potentially? But I just see this as the kind of game Liverpool, you know, we've all grown accustomed to Liverpool, particularly with their players like Trent getting a lot of kind of like arsey comments from the media in midweek. I just think this is the kind of game they just bounce back strongly in. Like the Bournemouth game a couple of weeks ago. Exactly, yeah. I think this is massive. This is massive to how we view players on both sides. I mean, if Liverpool come through here and decimate Brighton or beat Brighton, we'll certainly look much more optimistically for their players. Whereas for Brighton, if they manage to put put out a performance here, I mean, obviously, like the uh, the ratings of Trossard, McAllister, and Gross, all those likes. Yeah, look, I'm not down. saying this is going to be an absolute walkover. There'll still be a lot of kind of like muscle memory of Potter's tactics. There's still a phenomenally well coached side, but um, I, I just I can see Liverpool kind of like you know edging the first half one nil or something, then scoring a yeah. couple at the end. Um, coming on to my nailed Elm segment. Oh, let's go. I'm going to go for Trent. Right. The last time there was all this kind of like chat about him and England and everything it was right before a tricky trip to the Emirates and I remember Trent oh. went there and he scored and got an assist say what you want about Trent but these are the kind of games with all the kind of chat that's been going on midweek yeah. which he just comes back and shuts people up they've looked shaky at the back though I mean, they have like, you can't really rely on their centre-backs at all yeah. or any of the defenders for that matter I mean Simicast started the last game as well didn't he mm. I mean I mean, you say that now they should. I mean, obviously Liverpool's defensive woes recently have been massive. Uh, coming back into these games, they should have a full selection of centre backs to play to to pick from. And Kanati is fifty percent on the app, but Matip is returning. Mm. Matip have, finally. They'll obviously have <laughs> He's sitting on my bench for six weeks. So another one. Um, Jota scored a brace on international. Yeah, he duty. looked good. He looked good. I think Liverpool were kind of missing that. Definitely. Nunes, he scored a couple of times, but I think like the transition from kind of like, you know, having a number nine put into the team, it's been a lot less seamless than, for example, Haaland. Yeah. There were a lot of kind of comparisons between the two being made. And like, it's very kind of tactically difficult to sort of like get a fluid front three and stick a number nine in. You know, obviously Pep's one of the best in the world. Haaland's one of the best in the world. I don't think it's quite worked with Nunes yet. He's a good player. He offers something. But you just see what Jota offers that Liverpool team against Ajax. They only won the game 2-1, but it should have been a lot more, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Worth mentioning uh, Brighton assets. I mean, everyone's up on Trossard, McAllister, Gross. Um, how would you reckon 
their trade value is, fancy value is right now. I would try and trade them away. Yeah, it's one of those you really need to get ahead of the game. Exactly, with, with you it. need because, to get it right now. Yeah, because mm. this could go one of two ways. Because you think trading away because of the uncertainty. Yeah. However, what happens if they just go on more and kickstart their whole season I'm, again? I mean, I'm looking at their upcoming fixtures. It's Anfield, then Spurs at home, and then Brentford away. The, I think Forest, this, I think it's a good City, time. Chelsea. But everyone will be looking at that as well yeah. and being like, why would I want Brighton assets? Apparently, this manager favours a 4-2-3-1 formation. That means Gross, McAllister, Trossard, definite starters in there, along Who with Welbeck. Who would you Welbeck. trade Gross for? Like, what kind of calibre of player? See, I just don't know. Like, like a Gro- Madison Gro- or something? Oh, no mate, oh, you'd on. never accept uh, Slow down, that mate. trade. That, yeah. uh, Charles? Um, you probably do Gross Eriksson. See, Gross started the season very well with that 15-pointer, but then had a three, and then a six and 11. Uh, did manage on the pens. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I'm not sure. Trossard as well, every other four games <laughs> turns <laughs> up. But um, I don't know. I mean, don't think anyone's going to accept Brighton assets. Yeah. And maybe it's time to punt on them. Maybe, maybe. Good racing weather at Aintree, and more than a quarter of a million people are here to see the biggest event of the chasing car. This week on... Henry's Lump Jobs. So, Will, uh, as you can tell by the tone of voice, the Lump Jobs have not gone well this season. I, I was... I was uh, even had to get a job. Yeah! Bob, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a job! Um, uh, honestly, I thought the last one we did was a mortgage job, but anyway... Well, how do we lose the last one again? Um, 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 <laughs> uh, how do we lose the last one? City, City draw, isn't it? Uh, City drew to Villa, unbelievably. Somehow <laughs> that's cost us the bet. But anyway, let's try and move on to this game week. We start with the first selection of our fourfold, which is Chelsea to beat Crystal Palace. Me and Charles Orchard will be there, um, willing the team on, and no doubt. We will win that game with me and Charles there if it means that me and Charles have to put the ball in the back of the net. We next go to Liverpool to beat Brighton at home. Come on, easy win that. And then we go West Ham to beat... Um, oh, sorry, West Ham v Wolves under 2.5 goals. Agreed. This is going to be a snooze fest. That Both teams are not goal... What's the word, Will? Orientated. They're not goal-orientated. They like sitting back. They're going to leave the ball in the middle of the park and not touch it all game. <laughs> And for the final selection, we're going to go with City to beat United in the Battle of the Baldies. Eric Ten Hag versus Pep Guardiola. £10 on that returns 56. Yes, please. And thank you. No more beans on toast. Night, night. <laughs> Moving on to Bournemouth against Brentford. Yes. Bournemouth against Brentford, Henry. Come on. Huge game. Um, yeah, this is one that <laughs> this is one that everyone is licking their lips for in anticipation. Prime time, three p.m. Premier League Saturday. We're being a sticky patch with Bournemouth at the moment. Ever since they uh, sacked Scott Parker, they've become a lot more solid. Um, defensively, picked up a few results, good results as well. Yeah. Um, Brentford, meanwhile, have tailed off um, from their early season form. Um, so I think this will be a real acid test to see where Bournemouth are at the moment currently. Yeah, it sounds very basic, but like Brentford are very much a form side. Like yeah. if they're out of form, they will continue to lose. Like if you look at like their first Premier League season last year, it was just like rows of losses, then rows of victories yeah. and draws and everything. So, I mean, away at Bournemouth, it's a trickier fixture than it sounds, particularly with them in this and form. The, the Brentford fixture's coming up. I mean, they've got Newcastle away, Brighton at home, and then Chelsea at home. These are some big, big games in the in the context of their season. I mean, any potential pickups here, Henry? 
I, to be honest, like if I was if I were to say pickups for this game, I'd be lying. Um, because like the only nailed on uh, players that you have are Tony and Embuemo at a stretch maybe yeah. the thing to worry about for Brentford for me though as well is that they've only had one clean sheet up until this point of the season Yeah, I mean consider over this period last season they'd had three clean sheets um, I feel like they relied on their defensive record massively um, so that is a bit of a concern and their attacking output has got me worried as well yeah there was certainly a point on this podcast probably like a month ago when people were saying trade for your Brentford defenders because of their upcoming fixtures yeah. and they've gone and gotten no clean sheets. <laughs> they've got Bournemouth away, but then their next three games, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, you don't know what's going to happen there, then Chelsea at home. Yeah, Maybe the kind of like, you know, period of clean sheets is kind of going now. You've really got to think of how much your Rico Henrys, your Janssens are worth now. Ben Mee, etc. Yeah. What, what will come up at the end of this poll, right? What have you learned this week? Blah, blah, blah. Is to not rest on past reputations yeah and we did it with Wolves last year thinking their defensive record was brilliant because they had eight, eight a run of eight <laughs> games that like they had six clean sheets or whatever I'm doing it right now with Rico Henry keeping him in my team mm. for no apparent reason at all yeah. like he should have been gone ages ago and this will cost you points um, throughout the league for, um, for Bournemouth though I mean they've got Leicester coming up followed by Fulham and then Southampton um, so Lanky is everywhere on draft Twitter right now. Is he? Would you uh, Would you recommend in, in twenty him up? man leagues? <laughs> he um, must be our new header. Listen, if Bournemouth get a result here, I think you start really need to start taking them seriously. Um, in terms of that would be def- huge. Their defenders like Lloyd Kelly always starts for them. Yeah, average player. But like, I mean, Solanke, Kiefer Moore. Um, I mean, you really wouldn't pick up many other Bournemouth players, no, would you? Maybe Tavernier. Uh, Dam's gone as well, Henry. Yeah, I mean, Norgard's still out injured for Brentford. That me- that leaves yeah. uh, one midfield space open for them. Um, I don't see why Damsgaard can't come into the team. Yeah. Big money move in the summer, obviously. One uh, assist on international duty. Yeah, he played well for Denmark against France. Mm. Yeah. Like, if he can do it against, you know, Varane and Saliba. Very true. He just needs time to adapt to the league. And I feel like maybe he'll get this chance this weekend against the poor Bournemouth side. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, though, to Palace against Chelsea. Got the two Chelsea boys in the room with me. Oi, oi. Palace away, you going? We Absolutely. are. Mate, is that even we a question? Are, we are. 10am Clapham Junction. No, it's a huge game. How are you feeling for it? Yeah. Um, it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a very difficult game. As we've seen from Palace this season, particularly against big teams, they know how to set up. Yeah. Uh, they were unlucky not to come away with a result against Arsenal. Uh, very yeah. commendable draw away at Anfield. Yeah. Chelsea have won their last 10 head-to-heads against Palace, but Palace have lost just one of their last 11 home games in all competitions. That's so, surely against us as well. Uh, it's against Arsenal. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but any pickups here? Um, in terms of in terms of plays that haven't been picked up yet, I've noticed Ward starting at right back over Klein. Oh god! Yeah, and no, no, I I agree with Charles here. Palace have got favourable fixtures coming up as well. Leeds at home, Leicester away, Wolves at home. All teams that aren't really free scoring. Yeah, you've got to remember they've got a very solid centre back partnership. So so whoever they put at fullback, obviously Mitchell's good, but he would have been picked up by a lot of people. Yeah, the likes of Klein and Ward, they are kind of just gap fillers in in a kind of fantasy in a kind of fantasy way. But they will just pick you up clean sheets if that Palace defence, that good Palace defence, continues to perform. And uh, moving to, to Chelsea quickly, I mean, how, how are you both feeling about Potter's 
like recent appointment? How, how have you been playing? What's the what's the We've style? Only had one game. Yeah, look, it was a very strange formation versus Salzburg. I've, yeah. I've put here it was a it was a three 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 one. Right. The most important takeaways three, are Sterling left wing back. Uh. Where yes, it's a more defensive position, but he was he was getting into very threatening areas against Salzburg. You look at his average yeah. position; it was actually as one of the front three, like not in the left wing back roles. He was actually very advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously scored the goal as well. Interestingly, Azpilicueta was preferred over Fafana and Koulibaly for his ball retention ability in that back three, and also the way Potter likes his centre backs to play in that back three. Some of them like to kind of rush forward as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of rotation in that side. So he might want more kind of versatile players. So maybe the likes of Koulibaly might not be the system for him. Yeah, and so Havertz? yeah, I, I've I've put here for my pickups Aspilicueta. I think he might have a run of games. That could be interesting. It, it's a three-five-one-one. Explain explain that then. Okay, so you've got the three centre backs. Right. The two of the two wide ones are encouraged to get forward. You've got the three centre mids. <laughs> Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic. Right. Again, the two wide ones are encouraged to overlap and underlap the, the ball when it's on the ball side. Yeah, yeah. You've got the wing backs in that five as well. You've got Sterling and James. And then one Havertz, one the striker, Bamiyan. So there's no place Thanks for Mount. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. There's no place for Mount in there and there's no place for Pulisic. Mount plays in that kind of right centre mid role. Vieira right now is just yeah. got from, from red fantasy, string everywhere. He's listening to this podcast for making <laughs> notes. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, for Palace no-brainers, I've got down Zahar. He's just been very potent this year. Yeah. 31 points, top scorer for Palace. No Chelsea doubt. have just had a very abject defensive record of late. Zero clean sheets in the last five. Yeah. So, I mean, I would back Palace to score here. Eze been brilliant as well. Yeah. And, and uh, Palace favourable games coming up. Definitely drafting Eze. Yeah. And maybe even start um, Mateta in this one, eh? No. No. Worries. I wouldn't say so. Uh, moving on, though, to Southampton against Everton. Ooh. <laughs> Well, Southampton, Everton, uh, a snooze fest. This is weird. This is weirdly the sort of game that I'm kind of excited about. Mm. I mean, um, God knows what's going to happen apart from a nil-nil draw. I mean, like we know how Everton set up. Best yeah. defensive record in the league, apparently. Okay, what's going the, on there? They've, got, they've conceded the least. Well, the, well, they conceded the second least goals. However, and maybe this is why I like Everton so much. They've conceded the second least goals. However, they're seventeenth in expected goals against. 11.5 so I mean they're just like pardon my French they're just absolute shousery that they, just, <laughs> they get on with Pickford's definitely earning his way <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but one one uh, player I would look out for unfortunately he's actually picked up in our league Damari Gray uh, last game against West Ham he put in nine crosses and then he's also on set pieces so he put in four corners as well I mean if you're talking about statistically a position to get you in uh, a good chance to get an assist although he only racked up an expected assist of 0.1 Damari Gray is definitely one to look out for. Yeah, especially if they've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin well, they do. coming back into the side. And this is a very topical <laughs> debate for us. We put out a poll on our Twitter saying, with DCL back and Malpe scoring in Everton's last game, who would you rather have in your team? And it was quite a heavily favoured in DCL, yeah. over 70%. Um, but I think it's actually closer than you think. What, what, that, what's the percentage? Sorry, it, it was 74% for Calvert-Lewin. Right. 
like you know to, to have in your team right now and i think it's way closer than that definitely i mean if more pay is not getting displaced right now what watching malpay against <laughs> liverpool the kind of positions he was finding himself in considering it was literally like 72 hours after he'd signed for the club yeah. i think it was encouraging then he goes and scores in his next game the winner um in a 1-0 victory dcl is not going to reach peak fitness probably ever again if we <laughs> if like g- genuinely yeah, maybe. but in the next 2 months he's not going to reach that kind of like you know or maybe a month kind of like that good match fitness for him to kind of get goals and everything the, the one thing i would say in this context is that um despite his winner malpe actually had the second highest xg in the game 0.1 well, there we go. behind Connor cody with 0.2 so i mean statistically Bloody he hell. is not blowing anyone out of the water no. um but I mean, you do have a point there. I mean, if DCL is going to take his time to to, to to get off the ground, then maybe. But if he does come back and you've got Damari Gray putting in what is, you know, 13 balls in the box a game amongst others, mm. then he could be on there. I, I just think, like, if you'd ask me right now, who would you rather have in your team? I'd go Malpe. Yeah. yeah. And people are going to ridicule me for that. But yeah, Calvert-Lewin Calvert has not been fit for a year and a half. Like, it, it, it literally takes him half an hour to pick up another hamstring injury and that'll be four weeks. Obviously, he is 10 times the player of Malpe. Yeah. But, you know, we, we've got to kind of be realistic here. This is very this is very off-brand, guys, but um, Ollie's oddball this week is actually a Southampton player. Would you like to hear who it is? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Hello, listeners. Ollie here, live from Leeds. Now, this week on my oddball, I'd like to give a shout-out to some of the people that have been following and had trust in me. My oddballs have even shocked myself at times and have been hammering points for us. And let's hope that this carries on. So for this week, my odd boy is going to be Bella Kocher, the centre-back from Southampton. The German wonder kid has helped Southampton to be seventh in the league for expected goals against with 7.6. He also has an expected goals for, personally, of 0.6, which is fourth in the Southampton ranks. With Ward-Prowse swinging in deadly set pieces, He's the man he's aiming for. So get him in and get the points. Back to you in the studio. That was quite something. That was the first ever live Ollie Zobbo yeah. from a kind of like separate location. A first for EWG. So, so how, how do you feel about that? Bellicotcha maybe coming into your team? I mean, he's you a know, good player, but I wouldn't necessarily be drafting him in. But then again, we that, that is the point of the Obbo, That's the point of the Obbo segment. Just like these one-off games. Talking about um, defenders though, Everton injury to Patterson. Yeah, gutting. Yeah. <laughs> I still won't be picking anyone up. <laughs> Seamus Coleman. None more gutted than I. <laughs> but it, it was the new Seamus Coleman, wasn't it? Yeah. Back uh, to the old Seamus yeah. Coleman. <laughs> no, I still won't be picking up yeah. Seamus Coleman. Uh, moving on to another nail biter West Ham against Wolves. Why am I on this game? Henry, yeah, this game oh, mate, is massive, mate. I when researching this today, I was like, "Oh my god, people are actually going to pay to watch this game." <laughs> this is going to be like, I, I feel like both teams are just going to leave the ball halfway and just <laughs> run away. <laughs> no, I mean, I can't lie, Will. I'm not really looking forward to this game that much. Uh, both teams scored three goals in six games. Yeah. West Ham's expected goals have been seven point six. Compare that with Wolves that have been 6.87. Yeah. Um, both teams have massively unperformed their XG. Um, one thing to note about this game is that Antonio, compare uh, his run of form at this stage last season to this season, a massive drop-off if we're talking Mares levels right now. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, what did he have? Like fifty points in like like the first five games. Yeah, he season? was the go-to striker. I, I mean, remember he had like in normal fantasy he had like a forty-five percent ownership. And and you, you just think then surely you know you've got two brilliant strikers. Skamaka's just got a slot in. I think Skamaka will so do. He's so got what's going slot. on? That's what I tried I, on the last podcast. I, don't I tried understand. mentioning it. I think a good time right now is to pick up some Skamaka. It's Antonio kind of. I I I'm recording this off the top of my head, so it could be wrong. But Antonio was playing with an xG per ninety of zero point one nine. Which for a striker is useless. Yeah. I mean, Callum Wilson's, for instance, is very high and he's 0.49. So it's a massive drop off for Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how Skamaka won't get, won't be getting some minutes. I'm I'm very um, like pessimistic about West Ham players at the current moment because they just seem to be changing formation every other weekend. Yeah. One week they play three at the back, the next week four at the back, like at Everton. Um, I just think David Moyes just doesn't know his strongest team right now. They signed Corne and Emerson, but both don't play because now they play four at the back with Cresswell at left back. I mean, there's just a lot of players there that don't fit the system. That That is absolutely the case. And like, we've always talked about West Ham having like an abundance of attacking players, particularly behind the striker. You know, Fornals, Ben Rama, Lanzini, Paqueta now, Bowen. Yeah. And I, I, I said this before Paqueta signed, Moyes doesn't even know who his best three or four behind the striker are. Now you've got Paqueta, who's yeah. a big money move. He's a very kind of, you know, sort, sort, sort of particular kind of player in the way that he plays, very technical. It, it's just another kind of conundrum for the attacking selection. And I don't think Moyes knows who his best formation is. Yeah. I mean, another selection uh, issue could be even for Wolves. Diego Costa. Oh, mate, Diego, Diego. <laughs> He's back, mate. Jimenez out injured, long t- not long term, couple weeks. Uh, the other striker they bought in the summer, he's got an ACL. He has an ACL, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> or, or, or he does. He's, do, he's done his ACL. Diego's back, mate. He will be terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say, if we're being level-headed here, he'll be, he was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even as a Chelsea fan, I loved him, but you know, even towards the back end of that Conte season, it, this is when we won the league, by the way, this isn't us like, down the gutter. He was dreadful. Yeah. Like, he'll he'll yeah. score two goals this year. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get into fights. <laughs> he'll get into fights. He'll up the, no, he'll score a couple against Arsenal. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, he'll get into fights. He'll lose the ball. I mean, I, I mean you I, may I, as well pick him not. up. You may as well. You've got nothing to lose. It's a hit or miss. Uh, moving on, guys, to Leeds against Villa. Leeds against Villawell, this is uh, the battle of the mid-offs. <laughs> Can we keep this rhetoric going? Yes. Um, <laughs> really looking forward to this no, week. <laughs> no, 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 um, no brainers this week. Uh, Sinistera. Uh, he has two goals in two games. <laughs> For Villa, you've gone N.A. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to be formal about it. <laughs> Not applicable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, guys. You just left it blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Back to Sinistera. He's got two goals and two starts, and he scored a brace in the international duty against Mexico, everyone. Um, and yeah, for, for Villa, uh, I just don't, I can't really justify putting down a no brainer here. Villa's highest scoring player is their keeper, Martinez. He has 28 points. Villa have one clean sheet so far. So 10 of his points came against Palace away. That's their highest scoring player. Watkins has 26. I just cannot justify having a no-brainer in this in this matchup. I mean, maybe Watkins. He's no, got, I agree. Villa aren't out of the woods yet. They got they what they won against Southampton. Now they're away to they're away to Leeds, and um, I still don't. Th- I, I mean, Gerard mentioned it on that post-game interview, which is actually quite interesting. When he was quite op- quite plain about the state of his squad, um, 
I don't know who Villa are going to start going forward. I mean, it seemed to be Coutinho and Bailey last game. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Bailey because I picked him up. My midfield is really lacking for realistically a fourth and fifth choice to kind of, you know, really come in and get some goal contribution. So I picked up Bailey and started, played 66 minutes, was awful. Yeah. Was really, really poor. There was even a little Sky Sports kind of graphic on the bottom left. It was, you know, most possessions lost this game. And I think he was topped by quite yeah. a fair few. And he got hauled off after 66 minutes. We're yet to see this this Leon Bailey uh, performance or form, which he's going to sustain for about four or five games. It's always just a one-game thing. And then it falls off. But yeah, injuries-wise, uh, Rodrigo could be coming back for this game for Leeds. Where's Bamford been? Bamford has been getting fit. And he's also, he's been scoring hat-tricks in the under-21s. Good. Henry. So surely he's starting. Because he's yes. been on my bench since week one. Another one for injuries. Villa have been hit with quite a few injuries recently, actually. Uh, Cash, Dinia, Kamara and Diego Carlos out for oh, them. Oh, God. So, Cash... So who is starting right and left back for Villa? Exactly. Oh, my God. Question marks over their defence, over their defensive uh, position. Their right XGA now. is 10 on the dot, which is exactly the number of goals they have conceded, I noticed. Justifiably poor, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Martinez has showed that as well. Yeah, yeah. I was going to pose this question to you guys. What do you think has gone wrong for Villa so far? The manager. The management Ch- chop and change formation a bit similar to West Ham I feel yeah. like they've I got a lot of many teams similar like that, players but... in similar positions and he can't figure out his best 11 but this is the thing because he did figure it out I remember did he no I mean, no, no like I, I, remember, eight game I, I remember I remember on pod saying well you know eight games when you've got that those kind of caliber of players like Buendia Coutinho yeah. all these kind of number nine players he nailed it at one point and Villa were flying and you, you say eight games that's a quarter of the season yeah, yeah. Moving on to two uh, other struggling teams, Leicester against Forest. Charles, yes, Leicester sir. against Forest. Yeah, Monday night. Lots of red in recent fixtures for both of these sides. Yeah, it's like some sort of death scene over here. <laughs> um, yeah, Monday Traffic night, lights. under the lights. Don't know how they've managed to swindle that. This is Monday night? This is Monday night this football. What? This is Monday night football. Oh, <laughs> my God. No, it's a j- you're joking. No, I'm being serious. Charles never jokes. That was a sense of humour. No, um, <laughs> no, look, two badly out-of-form teams. Charles, any pickups for this game whatsoever? I've got Vardy here, and it sounds like, you know, a big name, but he's been rotated in and out of the side recently. Um, Dan was thinking about trading him away, but Dakar is now injured. Don't tell me Dakar's injured. Uh, he's picked up a knock. So no. He's a Have you got him? Come on. Have you got him? Yes. Oh, I need him to be good. So, I mean, look, Vardy's stocks are probably lower than they've ever been. You buy at the dip, mate. But Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. He, he will likely start this week but he can end this streak versus a weak opposition. I'm backing him to do that. Yeah. Secondly, Wout Fies. I think I pronounced that surname correctly, but he's the new centre-back replacement for Fafana. Leicester usually have a good knack of picking up these good young centre-backs, and he looked he looked, you know, okay against Spurs. Obviously, they shipped six goals, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Still picked but, up his wage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Can, can I be serious about this game, though, Yeah, Will? yeah, you can. The, my nailed on is in this game. So is mine. Uh, my name order for this game is James Madison. He's been the standout performer nice. for Leicester all season. Three goals, one assist, amassing 29 points over the first six game weeks against the leaky Forest side that have conceded 17 in total so far. I expect Madison to rack up another double-digit haul nice. as my nailed order for this week. Who is yours, Will? I am controversially 
going to go for Brennan Johnson. Yes, I love Brennan. Um, this Leicester defence is just all over the shop, and it has been for about a year now. Um, Brennan Johnson is second in their team in XG with 1.4. I mean, obviously, he's got two goals so far this season, uh, one coming against Everton and one coming against Bournemouth. But I can really see this being a game actually with a lot of goals here. Both sides will really be going for a win. Um, and I can see him getting a goal. But yeah, two struggling teams here. And I think maybe we'll leave it at that. Before we dive into the finishing up questions, let's quickly uh, re- recap the nailed on segment. Um this is a segment whereby each week we, uh, as you've heard in the show, we select players which we think are going to return points in the upcoming week. However, the catch is they cannot be players in the top 10 overall FPL scores. So no, you cannot say Haaland every week. However, at the beginning of this season when all these players, obviously the top 10 isn't cemented yet. Uh, Dan last week went for Kevin De Bruyne. Bang. 10 points. Genius. Reese went for Isak with 9 points. And I went for Eric Dyer. I love Eric Dyer. And he, and he scored a goal with seven points, so we all Brilliant. hit uh, last week. Anyway, moving on. Henry, who's got you up this week? Um, I would have said William Saliba will. 15-point return. I thought that was a to- another top return from him. Yeah. Being the top points defender in the league. Another double-digit haul from him. However, uh, who's got me up from this last game week? I'm going to say Jack Grealish will. Started and scored against Wolves within the first minute. Um, hopefully starts more and proves his worth as he was a third round pit for me. Um, so I'm hoping for him to get some more attacking returns in the next coming upcoming weeks. Yeah. Charles, who's got you up? I know it's boring, but Harry Kane, another double digit haul for me. Um, Very nice. Yeah, j- just justifying my first round pick, not that it needs to be justified. Six goals in his last six games. I, th- I often think with Kane, particularly at the start of the season, he just goes about his business quite quietly. Yeah. You know, all the hype is about Jesus and Haaland and justifiably they've made great starts to their new careers but Kane just plugs away you know he'll always have a goal in him he's on penalties yeah he's just a priceless asset to have 50 points already Will who's got you up uh in my dearth of talent I'm gonna go for Kieran Tierney actually he got the start against Brentford away he got the clean sheet uh although it was in vain in my week uh he played really well and uh I hope to see (laughs) hope to see more of it in the future but this is the conundrum fantasy managers will have and if I was an owner of one of them I'd be like bricking it. Who starts? Tierney Zinchenko. Do we know? Do we know this weekend who starts for the rest of the season? It's got to be Zinchenko. Yeah, it's got to be. The problem is that annoyingly, they're both very injury prone, so it will be swapped around a lot. I mean, like as we saw the last three or four weeks, Zinchenko's just been injured out of nowhere. These both seem to be players which just come in and out of the team, which, I mean, hopefully it works itself out. Neck on the line, who's starting this weekend? Okay, I think they'll start Zinchenko. However, I would not equally be surprised if Tierney started, given how good Spurs are on the counter and given how good United were against us on the counter. So you're saying Zinchenko? Zinchenko will start, but I think okay. it could be Tierney. Uh, uh, Henry, who's got you down? Um, you're going to have to go with Perisic. Conceding really? two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spurs side like conceding two at home to Leicester, um, two clean sheets for them all year so far. Um, Arsenal, Brighton, and United in their next four will really be the acid test for Antonio Conte's side. Yeah, Charles, who's got you down? A lot of my players didn't play this week because of the cancelled fixtures, <laughs> but I'm going to single out Martin Odegaard. I'm going to be really spiteful here. Well, because he was injured. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> so I was playing Reese. Well, I, look, the, the stakes were high. I was playing Reese, first versus second in the league. Not that you'd know anything about that. I, I, I would. <laughs> and I end up losing to this bastard, to, to, to this Haaland merchant, <laughs> by two points. If Odegaard had just started the game, he would have picked up three points because they got a clean sheet. Yeah. And I would have beaten top of the league. If, buts, maybes. Well, yeah. That's all uh, I hear from you, mate. So the question was, who <laughs> let me down? And he's letting me down. So there we go. Next question. Will, who's let you down this week? Uh, a plethora of players, um, apart from all the ones that didn't start. Going to go for Dakar uh, away at Spurs. Looked lively. One of the best Leicester forwards, I think. Yeah. But nothing Got a coming. Got headers away. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't get points for that. Click <laughs> <laughs> couple clearances. What do you mean? That's <laughs> rigged. Uh, Henry, who is top of your waiver? Okay, so I was originally going to say Fabio Vieira, but after your um, damning statement against him, uh, I'm going to change Will, and I'm going to say Kepa Arizabalaga. Um, oh, it's a brilliant one. I feel like I've got a reserve keeper on the bench in Dean Henderson. Yeah. He's never going to play for me being a forest keeper. Yeah. Um, and I think Kepa's better with his feet than Mendy is. And maybe we see a run of games for Kepa. Say he does well, then he can tail off and be uh, Chelsea's number one and hopefully uh, Chelsea's defensive record yeah. improves. So I'm going to punt and take a punt on Kepa Ariza I, I don't know if it necessarily is a punt. I think, well... I hear from you a lot that Mendy is a bit up and down. It's a pun for me because Ramsdale's my number one. Yeah. And Arsenal's defence is better than Chelsea's currently. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just gambling with my second keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, who's top of your waiver? I'm going to go Jacob Ramsey. The the circus, the merry-go-round <laughs> of, 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 of Charles's fifth choice Don't midfielder get <laughs> continues. It was, it was Jorginho two weeks ago. <laughs> I've had some absolute dross come in and out of that fifth choice midfield yeah. role. And Jacob Ramsey is the latest sucker to come in. <laughs> uh, scored the winner against Southampton last week. Picked up 10 points. Got an assist against City in his previous game before that. Had a very good game for the England under 21 in midweek. So, you know, again, he's quite a luxury player, as are a lot of those Villa midfielders. But you've kind of got to think about when they're going to come into their moment. And yeah. I think this could be it for Ramsey. Well, who's top of your waiver this week? It's Neto. Obviously, the man highly touted coming into this season. Uh, you uh, can't be bottom of the league and picking up Neto. <laughs> there's no one else. There's no one else. You can't be licking your lips at Neto. Surely there's someone else. I can't. I can't. I think, um, you know what? You can. You can. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Neto with Diego Costa up top. He's going to come into flying form. Yes, they've got West Ham away next and they've got Chelsea. Following that though, Forest, Palace, Leicester, Brentford, Brighton. I mean, I'm looking to the future and uh, hopefully Neto can uh, save me from the bottom of the table. Uh, Henry, what match are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, I'm not going to say the obvious, obvious one being uh, Salah against Brighton at home. So I'm going to go for Callum Wilson against a leaky Fulham nice. side. Um, Fulham conceded 11 goals up till this point. Uh, Callum Wilson two goals and two assists in his first three games this year. I'm not even joking. I I do rate Wilson this highly. I don't think there are many players when fit, when starting, that I'd rather have my team. Yeah. Team. He's so effective. Yeah. He's clinical. Uh, Charles, what matchup are you looking forward to this I've week? I've got some particularly difficult matchups. I, you look at my kind of key players, the Arsenal and Spurs players. They're all playing each other. I've got three United players. They're away at the Etihad. Got a couple of Chelsea. They've got a difficult trip to Selhurst Park. 
So it's going to have to be... I'm going to have to stick to my guns and say that Liverpool will come back against Brighton and in particular Joel Matip, who has been on my bench for a while with his injury. I think he's going to come back and get a clean sheet. He loves a goal as well from a corner. This would be brilliant when he doesn't start. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll eat my words if he doesn't start because it'll be very few. Because I picked him up pretty high. It would have been like fifth or sixth fifth, round or something. Fifth round, yeah. yeah. Will, what matchup are you looking forward to, mate? It's got to be the North London derby. Yeah. I mean... 12.30 stinks, though. It does, but um, I, you know what? In seasons prior, I've got I've gone into all these Arsenal games not really wanting to see them. I've kind of like dreaded the big games because we always capitulated. And we did kind of fall apart against United. However, this Spurs game, I am feeling confident about. And for my players, uh, you know, I've got Saka in here. I mean, I think he can get returns here against this Spurs team. And I do want to see what they're like against a proper test. Both sides, actually. Uh, I'm just in- interested to see what's going to happen. Agreed. Um, Henry, what have you learned this week? Um, I mentioned it earlier on the pod, just to forget past reputations for players and team that happened last season. So, for example, um, I'm leaning on the Brentford defence at the moment to try and get me points, clean sheets and stuff like that. That's why I've kept and trusted Rico Henry. However, one clean sheet in his first seven games is just not good enough, uh, considering the type of teams that they played. Um, he will cost me the fantasy league in the long run. So he's being ditched <laughs> nice. this game week. Be savage. Yeah. Well, what have you learned this week? Uh, I've learned that fantasy is just a bit unfair. I mean, I finally have a good week in the in the grand scheme of things. Scored the third highest points. I'm playing uh, joint bottom with me. So big game. He this scores, week? No, last game. I'm playing joint bottom and he obviously scores the top amount of points. So um, it's, well, just, it's just hard. It's like you're saying goes, mate. Just win your game. Just week. win your game week. Exactly. And now I'm fully focused on just winning game week. Uh, Charles, what have you learned this week? I'm learning the hard way last week. The Harland uh, way. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Um, I think any value that City players didn't really have last year because of Pep rotation, I think they have gained this year. I think City are a lot more predictable. Yeah. Um, in terms of who they select. I, I think kind of having like a proper number nine sort of typifies that. There's no need to kind of stick to Bruyne at false nine. Just having those City strikers who, I'll admit in the draft, I would have looked at their attacking midfielders and strikers and thinking, I don't want to touch that because they'll only start one of their next three games. Yeah, It's, it's just not been the case. No. And Reese is the one player who went for about five City players. Last year it would have failed him. This year he's top of the league. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you very much for coming on this week. Henry? I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Will. Thank you. Yeah. Charles? Always a pleasure, Will. Thank you. Catch us again next week where we are coming to you with two episodes. Some hype, please. Woo! Starting from next week, uh, me and Ollie will be doing a review episode coming out on the Tuesday night and then we'll obviously be doing the uh, main episode coming out on Thursday mornings as per usual. So stay tuned. Um, Follow the Twitter at EWG underscore podcast. Look out for our stickers across London. Look out for our stickers across London and Swansea. Yes. And uh, thanks very much for listening. See you later. Bye. Cheers, guys.